Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarech. We will continue what we are learning in Yegeres HaKodesh, the holy letters of the Balatanya, Simen Yud Aleph, the 11th letter, which is known as Laskil Chabina, to enlighten with understanding. We are going deep into the enlightenment, the wisdom of understanding the Chochmah, the depth and the wisdom, the comprehension of the essence of enlightenment. And we are holding, we are explaining that the Balatanya is talking that the main purpose of a man's creation in this world is really to challenge him, to challenge him with physical tribulations, to challenge him with cover-ups, with make-ups, with all different types of bodies, containers, sufferings, which we explain all of those things are from the left side, which is known as the Sitra Akhra, the left side. It seems like the thing has a life of its own. What is the, li- what is the left side? We're saying the right side and the left side. The left side is the container. The container is the mineral. It's, it's the mineral kingdom. The, the opposite extreme that we know of in this world is... The human kingdom, the human kingdom is the human of the human is the intelligence, the brain. The human is different than the mineral, the vegetable, the animal because it has a brain, because it has, the soul is in the brain. You can't describe it, you can't hold on to it, you can't touch it. You can barely talk about it. But the mineral everybody knows, you could hold on to it, you could touch it. So we explained the left side is known as the sitra akhra. The left side, the left side means that it takes on a life of its own. A life of its own means that it's a separate entity, it's a separate, it seems separate. Everything mineral seems like it exists on its own. There's no life force flowing through it. And the Balatanya says that the main thing in this world is to cover up everything in this world, to test a person with trials and tribulations, which means to test him with all of the left side. Every single thing that he should see in this world is from the left side. And he should go deeper in and discover the right side with that. He should discover the soul of everything, the meaning of everything. He should look at another person and he should not get caught up with the way the other person looks. He should not get caught up with the name that the other person has. He should go deeper than what is. The person should be tempted with different temptations in this world. He should not go after 
the one moment of fleeting pleasure. But he should see the life force of everything, that the life force that animates everything is more important and is the purpose. And the Balatani explains in the Kutatayra something unbelievable, which is that if you have two people in front of you, one of them is dead and one of them is alive, you will only talk to the person who's alive, even if they're identical twins. Which shows you that you will always choose life over death. And meaning to say that the body of every single thing is the death of it. And the soul of everything is the life of it. So even though what brought you to the person is his external form, even though what allows you to talk to him is his external form, what do you truly choose? You truly choose the life force of the person. And the life force of the person is only a glimmer of the life force of the God, of God, which is the nisham of all the nishamas, the soul of all the souls. So we are going into this in a very enormous way because it's tremendous amount of meditation is needed over here, which is to understand the difference between the right side and the left side. And somebody who has the right side and left side crystal clear, They are really an enlightened person. Their life is very, very smooth. They live an enlightened life. Light not only with wisdom, not only with light as if to turn on the light, but it's also light, it's also easygoing. Life is easygoing for them because they have life set out for them. Because the real explanation of a Bukharta Bukhayim, to choose life, right? The Torah says, I gave you the good and I gave you the bad. And the Torah says, I gave you life and I gave you death. And choose life. And we have discussed this in the past, which is so enormous to understand this. Would anybody choose death? Do you ever think about this? Did you ever challenge yourself with this? This is so important to challenge yourself with this, with this concept. Why would the Torah tell me, choose life and don't choose death? And there's death and there's life. And there's good and there's bad. And choose good. Who would not choose good? I tell my children all the time, is it better to be mean or not mean? Is it better to be selfish or not selfish. And then my child says, it's better to be good. And I say, are you sure? Maybe it's better to be selfish. Maybe it's better not to shear. And the child comes back and says right away, no, it's better to shear. They come back with a vengeance, which is strength. What happened at that moment was real free choice. Because I went deep into what was negative, the child pushed back and brought back deep what was positive. And most of life is a complete confusion. A person doesn't know what's negative, he doesn't know what's the left side, he doesn't know what's death, and therefore he never chooses life because everything is a complete confusion. So when we say free choice, 
Most people say free choice, I mean I'm free to choose. This flavor ice cream or that flavor ice cream. But that's not what free choice means. Free choice means that I'm free from static. I'm free from confusion. I'm free to know what the purpose of my life is. There's one purpose in this world, to live. Not to choose death. Not to choose something petty. Not to choose something that's going to destroy you. Not to choose an apple that looks amazing on the outside, but the inside is full of poison. The left side looks so good, it looks so enticing. But it's only there, nobody ever ever lives in the apple, in the, in the peel of the apple. The peel of the apple is just the left side. It has a life of its own, in order to separate one apple from the next apple. But it is the inside of the apple, that you need. Not the taste, the sweetness. Even the sweetness of the apple is not the purpose. The purpose is the vitality you will get from the apple. And that apple will give you life. But a person who does not know that the apple, the peel of the apple, is the death of the apple, is the decay of the apple. A person who does not know that the apple with its peel is not going to give him anything. The goal of the apple is to eat the apple. And the goal is not even the taste of the apple. The goal is the apple's energy. A person who does not know this, who does not understand this, he gets so caught up in the peel of the apple, which is known as the sitra akhir, which is known as the left side. And this is a tremendous meditation, because the Lubavitcher Rebbe, when he wrote about this parak, he said this is a direct con- con- conclusion. This whole simon, was based off what we learned in Simon Tess of Igeres HaKodesh, which is that the whole entire world is one big illusion. Every single thing you see all day is trying to allow you the gift of free choice, the gift to choose, to choose beyond the containers, beyond the illusion of everything you see. You walk outside, you see beautiful cars and beautiful homes, and an illusory life that most of the world's living in. It's one big illusion. There's no security in that illusion. There's no fulfillment in that illusion. It's just one big container to discover that less asar panuimene, to discover that there is no place that's devoid of God. And if a person doesn't understand what means free choice, if he doesn't understand what means to choose life, if he doesn't understand that when faced with death, you only can choose life, how will he ever be free to choose if he's confused about his choice? When we say free choice, we mean not confused choice. There's confused choice, there's trap choice, there's forced choice, And then there's freedom to choose. When you have freedom, what does freedom look like? Did you ever ask yourself, what means freedom? This is so important to ask yourself. Are you asking this question right now? Freedom to choose. What does it mean freedom? When there's freedom to choose, is there a choice at all? When When you have free to choose death, choose a life of death, or choose a life of life. Choose a life of selfishness, or choose a life of giving. 
You understand? There's people who have money in their bank accounts and they're waiting for some rainy day. Are they free people? Then something happens to them, their car breaks, or they have a pipe that breaks in their house, or something, some form of pain happens to them, and they complain, and they go crazy how much money they have to spend on it. And it's a tiny amount of money compared to the money that they have. Are those people free? Do those people look to you like they're free? Are they free to choose? Or isn't it true that the selfishness, the pain has brought them deep into unconsciousness? When we say pain, we mean to say the accumulation of all the money. The, the, the hope for all one day in the future. The tremendous selfishness, the tremendous absorption with the left side. The obsession with the left side, which is the container. Which is the money itself, the outside of, of, of life, which is what... Which is the death of life, like we just said, right? You have a, a, two people, you look at the two people, one of them is alive, one of them is dead, you will always choose the live person. Why? Because you're always choosing the life that's in the container. So you have money, and you're looking at money. You either could choose money for the left side, which is just to have more containers, more material objects, or you could choose money for the right side, to do something good with it, to share it with somebody else, for the soul of money. Do you see money in the soul? You see soul in the money? You absolutely do not. You have to find that. You have to look deep inside it. It's testing you. It's challenging you to go deeper. What's going to bring you to life? What's going to bring you? How can I bring that money alive? By, making, by giving it to somebody else. I, you'll see how the life will change. How the person who you give it to will change his life, will animate his life, will change his life. So that's the right side. The right side is something vitality. Not sucking out the oxygen. You'll keep the money in your bank account. You'll accumulate dust. You'll put it in your mattress. And tremendous amount of accumulation, tremendous amount of selfishness. So would anybody choose a life of selfishness? So are the people who save up all this money, the people who watch poor people every single day, and they don't even put themselves in the other person's shoes, is such a person alive? Is it such a person free to choose? Does he have one ounce of freedom? He never even begun to be free. He's not free. When you're free to choose, there's no choice at all. That's what means freedom to choose. Free, free from all static. Free from all confusion. And this is the tremendous lesson, what the Balatanya is saying over here. That ultimately speaking, all of life was given to a person to see if a person is going to go after the left side. Or will he discover that he's free to choose. And when you're free to choose, there's only life, there's only one side. And that's what he's saying, that all of pain, pain and death and, and containers, all of it, and mineral objects and all of the cover-up in life is all dear to allow you to go deeper, to allow you to ask yourself, what is the meaning of all this? To allow you to pull deeply into life, to allow you to appreciate the light is always appreciated much more. It's always stronger when it comes through darkness. The light is an enormous amount of pleasure, enormous amount of joy if it comes through darkness. There's an enormous amount of bliss when you can fully see pain, when you fully see death, when you see come close to death, when you come face to face with death. 
then you're fully alive. Because death and, and life are two sides of one coin. And if you come deeply into death, if you come, if you get face to face with death, you will automatically choose life. If you come face to face with pain, you will automatically see the opposite with his joy. Which means that this crystal clear, there's only two things in life. Death and life. And living in shades of gray, living in confusion, is the problem of life. And the more one meditates on this, the more his life becomes crystal clear. The more he's seen the purpose of pain, the more he's eliminated pain, the more he's opted to go for joy, for bliss. And when is bliss? Bliss is right now. What do you have to do for bliss? Absolutely nothing. And it's the, it's the trying to trap the bliss in some type of an attachment. It's trying to hold on to the bliss. It's trying to think that my bliss, the bliss of this moment will be fulfilled in my car. The bliss of this moment will be fulfilled in my home. But the bliss of this moment has nothing to do with any of those containers. The container is just a portal to allow you to experience the bliss. But the bliss and the joy and the soul and the goodness and the selfless behavior is the contents that you are looking for in the containers. It's all these containers that allow us to get to that space. So the money will never give you fulfillment if it will sit in your bank account. And it will never give you fulfillment if you keep on buying yourself more and more empty containers. But if you give it to another person, you have shared it with life. You have shared it with love, with light, and you, you will wake up, you will have tremendous miracles in your life. Because you have tapped into the right side, which is the miraculous side, which is the side of life, which is unattainable, unincomprehensible. Un, 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 unattainable meaning you can't hold on to it. It's something that flows through you. But if your containers, your own organs are so full, they're full of obstructions, of clog. They're full of, they're clogged. If your containers, if your perception of reality is attachments, attachments to your fulfillments, then you are full of pain, you are riddled with pain, you're full of anxiety. All of your organs are clogged. Do you understand the point what he's trying to say? There's a Lashen in Chassidus called Zikuk, to refine. The purpose of life is to refine all your containers. Your, all your organs, everything, that life should flow through it. The life of God, the light of God, the goodness and kindness should flow through you. That you should be a refined individual, not self-absorbed, self-centered, self-oriented. Not to be building the, the taste of life. Not to be, be holding on to the, the pleasure that you have, have in one minute, one minute of getting a compliment, of having your name on a building, of having your, your picture in a, in, in a newspaper. That's all one glimmer of who you are. Can the picture in the newspaper compare to who you are? That's just an illusion, it's a name. The name, your name, could that compare to who you are? Does the word water compare to water? And this is what he's saying over here, that it's extremely important to realize that everything, all of the left side, is to discover the right side. It's to discover the life of everything. But if you're not on that journey, if you're not deeply looking for the life of everything, you're getting so trapped in the containers, then there's no refinement of the containers. How could life flow through, through you? How could you ever see the purpose of your life? How could you ever become a kind person? How could you ever have a, be, become a sensitive person if your heart is dull, if your heart is pursuing pleasures, if you're pursuing the hopes of becoming for one day, one day in the future? 
How can that heart be sensitive to another person? How could that be vibrant? How could you look through everything? He said, tzitzis. Tzitzis means to look through. How could you look through the left side to discover the right side? How could you look through the container to discover the soul? How will you be able to refine your heart to be able to be sensitive to another person? How will you be able to refine your mind to want to learn the Torah, to be open to the Torah without any perceptions? How will you be able to look at another person with no judgment, with no measurement? How will you be able to eliminate labeling, label, look at another person and to, and to, and to, to, to belittle them in your mind and to measure them? And this is what the Balatani explains over here, that the light of godliness, the light of your life, the light of your soul, the light is always much more appreciated and much more powerful when it comes through darkness. The yearning of Rabbi Akiva was unbelievable because of 40 years of pain. So the pain unleashed a monster of light. It unleashed an enormous amount of energy. And when a person realizes he made a mess of his life, the, the face-to-face with that mess of his life that he made will set him free in, a, in an enormous way. Kemayan like a like a, like a river that's been obstructed by many rocks. And it, created a dam, and it keeps on going higher and higher, finding enough water will push through those rocks, and it will be it will be like a never-ending mighty river. It will be like a mighty river, it will push through, it will burst through. And that's what happens when there's pain, that's what happens when there's suffering, that's what happens when there's the left side. So ultimately speaking, says the Balatanya, it's the left side, it's the containers, it's the pain in your life that will wake you up to joy. It, will, it should, hopefully not bring you deeper into unconsciousness, but wake you up to joy. And that's what we explained about Yosef HaTzadik. That Yosef had two forms of joy in his life. The first form of joy was, he said, my first son is Menasha, ki nishani alikim esamoli my first child is forget. I named him forget because I forgot my suffering, my pain. What does it really mean to forget my suffering and pain? It means that I'm a stronger person because of it. I was able to be in the face of pain and I became stronger. But ultimately speaking, that's not the ultimate. The ultimate is Ifrani Elikim Beretzani. My second child is, I say Ephraim, you made me fruitful. Let's forget my suffering, which means I'm stronger because of it. And then it's fruitful. I would not... Cut out one drop of suffering, one ounce of what I went through, because it made me into the person who I am. I look at my teachers, I look at my schools, I look at my parents, I look at my childhood, I look at everything I went through, and I say I would not be the parent I am today. I would not be the child I am today. I would not be the person I am today if I had the life that I wanted. Because Hashem meets how they govern, because Hashem knows exactly what He's doing. And the sensitivity I have today, or the way I am today, or what I'm going to learn from who I am today, it's only because of what led me up until this moment right now. And that is the ultimate, what he says in this parak to discover that. You made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. To be able to look at my life 
and to see that every single thing in my life is not just not only Hashem has allowed me to forget my traumas, my pains, but I have touched the right side in such a powerful way. I've touched life. I've touched Eden. I've touched, I've come so face to face with what does it mean to be present? What does it mean? I've discovered what it means, my purpose of my life, that all of my pain, when I look at it, I realize that it's all bliss, even though it's not incomprehensible, even though it's not apprehended by man. Then automatically, says the Balatanya, everything becomes good, even on a revealed level. And this is what we explained the other day about Rabbi Akiva Nochemish Gamzu, that Rabbi Akiva, a town didn't let him in, and he was forced to stay at night, and his animals that he had with him that were going to carry him and take him, and his candle, all of them were destroyed. Pain. They didn't let him in. They rejected him. Like people who rejected in their life multiple different things. And, they, and his candle got burnt down, and he was shut down. And he, left, he was slept the whole entire night with tremendous pain. In the desert. And he said, Every bad thing that Hashem does, He does it for a good reason. And in the morning he woke up and he saw terrorists came and they killed the whole town. And had he had his candle, had he had his animals that would have made noise, they would have killed him also. So every bad thing, the bad that happened was really for a good reason. But that's still like Yosef HaTzadik who says, You make me forget my suffering, my father's house, the betrayals. But Nochemish Gamzu was on a deeper level. He said, Gamzu Letoiva. When Nochemish Gamzu came to beg the Roman emperor to save the Jewish people because he wanted to destroy them, he came with a massive chest of billions of dollars <coughs> in gold and silver and precious jewels, but it was stolen in the middle of the night and it was filled up with sand. And he came with a chest of sand. And when he saw the sand there, instead of the money that was stolen, he said, Gamzu Letoiva. He pointed to that chest and he said, This, this sand is also good. He was different than Abbe Kiva. He didn't say, whatever's bad is really for the good. He didn't say, this sand is also going to be for the good. He said, this sand itself is good. This itself is good, which is the highest level that a human being can achieve. And what happened? That sand itself, Eliyahu showed up and he told the king, "No, Jew, not, the greatest Jewish sage would not make a fool out of you. Obviously, this has atomic power. Obviously, this is, this is nuclear. You could use this to win wars. Similar to like what Avraham Avinu did. And they used it in the war and it worked. And the king filled up the chest afterwards with who knows how much money. And the king saved the whole entire Jewish people. And it was coming face to face with that type of pain. But Nachemish Gamzu looked at the pain itself and he said that it's good. The pain itself is good. Which is the highest level. Because usually you say it's bad, it's something I don't understand. But over here the Balatanya says something over here. When you have full faith that this, what you see itself is good, even though you can't understand it at all. Everything becomes good on a revealed level. Because when you have such faith, and one believes that what is manifestly seems to be painful and evil, in fact it receives an entirely new vitality, from the supreme good, which is God, which is, which is God's wisdom, which is incomprehensible, which is bliss, which is even greater than what's going to be 
when a person passes away, and through that faith, the imagined evil, the imagined negativity, the imagined negativity from the left side, because there's nothing really negative, there's nothing, the left side is just an illusion, becomes truly absorbed and sublimated and concealed in the concealed supreme good. It comes uplifted in the real true good, which the true good is life, which is incomprehensible. And then it becomes palpably good. It becomes, you could touch it with your own hands. You could touch the good with your own hands. Just like Nochemish Gamzu, when he walked away, he said, Gamzu Litoiva, this sand is really good. The sand ended up saving him. The sand was the one. Just like Yosef Atzadik said, You made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. If I would have not landed in solitary confinement, if I would have not landed in the depths of the of abyss, where I was should have, where I where I was finished my whole life. I would have never been able to rise to be the king of the world. Yosef became the king of the world, the most powerful man, the richest man of the world. Why? Because of Ephraim Elikim Beretzoni. Not because of, not because, not because Nishani, not because he said the bad is going to be good. Not because he said, I forgot my pain. Ephraim Elikim Beretzoni, you made me fruitful. I only became that fruit because of the seed decaying. The fruit can never become a fruit without the seed of decay. And this is the ultimate lesson what he says over here. I could look at the, 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 the bad and believe with full faith that this bad is good. It becomes revealed good. Just like by Yosef Atzadik. He's able to look at his life and touch it with his finger. He says palpably. He's able to touch it and say this is Ifrani Elikim Beretzoni. And that is how he ends the parak, and this is what he means. The end reveals the beginning which is Yishkin Hashem, which a person ultimately speaking when he looks in his life and he sees that he's touched with the divine, he's touched, he's, sell, he's a selfless individual, then his containers don't cover him up anymore, then the pain has a meaning, then the containers are all dear, the money's all dear, so he can give it to another person. The material of life is only so he can discover the spiritual. And then when he looks at the, the, the material, the material is not a conflict. It's not a conflict. It's not a conflict to the spiritual. The money is not a conflict to his, to his nature, because, he, because the ego, the left side, the money, the pain, all of that is to discover God. And when a person realizes that, then all of the bad, all of the seemingly evil, all of everything seemingly on the left side, a person says, He says, He looks at everything and he actually sees with his revealed eye that everything is good, everything is divine, everything has its purpose. And Hashem, is able to discover Hashem in every single footstep.